We're going to be talking about uh, the Israel-Hamas war in a moment, but on a very related issue is the recent appointment of uh, uh, Mark Johnson, uh, Mike Johnson rather, uh, as Speaker of the House. And this really flummoxed, flummoxed is the word of the day again, uh, the Democrats in the House, because that might mean that they actually move forward and they have nobody else to blame uh, going forward. At least, you know, they, they, were, they were complaining about the, all the cacophony and the chaos that's going on when it comes to the, 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 the issues of the House. And we need to quickly condemn Hamas and let's do it already. But they, they don't really want that. They didn't want it because they just, okay, so Mike, Mike Johnson was elected without any issues uh, as there were before where they were trying to elect somebody else. Uh, this time he was elected by all the Republicans and so he won, right? Because we, we have the majority in the House. Anyways, the Democrats were not happy about that. And then uh, the first order of business right away is to issue a condemnation, pass a bill condemning the actions of Hamas, uh, you know, and you think that's a no-brainer, right? It's 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 not saying anything, you know, relative to Israel or anything else. I, you know, I think Israel is so much better, of course, and it's it's a very up, upright, you know, righteous and upright nation. It's very moral and everything else. But it was just about condemning Hamas. That's a no-brainer. We call that in law a no-brainer. Okay, people who behead little children uh, shouldn't. I mean, I'm not laughing about it. I'm just, the, the notion that, that you can't condemn people who behead children. I mean, look, I, I have family members. If I discovered that my brother or my sisters or anybody in my family beheaded somebody else, I would condemn them. I wouldn't say, well, listen, I mean, he's a good guy otherwise. I mean, it's, yeah, the beheading is not, not so great. But, I mean, let me tell you, he's a nice dad. He's really a good guy. No, of course not. I condemn it. What's so hard about this? But, now, look, to the credit of Democrats, you know, most of them voted also to, con to condemn it. But all the, uh, the, the, the 16 of the Democrats either voted no on the condemnation or simply indicated that they were present. So 10 voted no, six voted not present. Okay? So <laughs> they're present by definition, but, but anyway, they voted not present. So very weird. And of course, that includes Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC, as she's so affectionately known as. I mean, when you dated her, when was she still AOC, and did she go by that or no? No, in the nineteen fifties, yeah. she went by Cortez. And, uh, oh come on! <laughs> All right, last guy. So anyway, I guess I set that up, didn't I? Okay, so she uh, she voted against it, and you know, I suppose she has her own reasons, but this is after proclaiming, you know, somehow that she's got this virtuosity. Uh, and, and she's such a good person because, you know, somehow she wants to, to answer. Anyway, so, so she condemns it in this video. She makes this long video of herself. I want you to hear what she says. And yet she can't condemn it when it comes, when push comes to shove. Okay. So check this out. Uh, you know, the idea that, that that should happen in order to, you know, as punishment for Hamas uh, is wrong. Uh, I must also say that... Hamas's hostage-taking also constitutes a war crime. And, um, and what we saw on the 7th of October was an attack 
that was an affront to humanity. And the violence and the hostility that we saw with that was just un unbelievable violence. Okay, so you would think that maybe you can condemn that. It, it, th those are pretty harsh words, right? Unbelievable violence. But you know what? I'm not going to condemn it. Just can't do it. Just can't. Not going to. Anyway, let's continue on. Um, that should never be accepted, ever. And I think sometimes some things that, f uh, that upset folks in this conversation is a core tenant and a belief that I have, which is that, and that many people have, human rights, or human rights organizations have, is that war crimes do not justify other war crimes. Dun, dun, dun. She, you, you just know that she can't wait to be quoted on that. War crimes don't justify other war crimes, right? In other words, uh, two wrongs don't make a right, I suppose is what she's trying to say. But the woman clearly wants to create that equivalence. And, and there is no equivalence, lady. Okay. One party initiated this. And, and what does she want from us? Really, what, what would you like? You would like Israel to just stand back and say, you know, please don't do that again. We really, we just didn't like that. You know, please don't try to kill us. Thank you. Have a nice day. Don't do that again, as, as is in the life of Brian, right? So what is it? And, and then other people say, you know, look, I, I didn't like the butchery and the beheadings and the rapings and everything else like that. Uh, by the way, if there weren't videos of it, they would deny that it even happened. It's yeah. grossly exaggerated, they would say, but, you know, they can't deny the video footage that Hamas themselves put up. So, but anyway, we, we, we don't like it, but, you know, what else can they do? They're unoccupied people. They're, they're acting out of desperation. That's what they're doing, right? Okay, so let me get this straight. If that were the case, wouldn't, you, wouldn't it also be true that the Jews in the Holocaust and the Warsaw, for example, they were desperate people, right? They were being slaughtered and everything else. In the Warsaw uprising against the Nazis, okay? And I'm, by no means am I equivalent, you know, making an equivalence between, but I'm just using their own, you know, theory of, of the discussion. It, did, did the Warsaw resistance fighters ever do anything like this? No. They, they were fighting soldiers for one thing and they never attacked German civilians, never. They never used terror as a form of, of, of weaponry at all. But somehow when it comes to the Palestinians, they, that, their actions are understandable, right? Never in history have you seen such brutality like this, at least in modern history. In barbaric times, yes, okay? But you'd like to think we don't live in that kind of barbaric time. But that, that's, that's fascinating to me that they don't get that. There, there have been many aggrieved peoples in the past that haven't done anything close to this. They, not even the Nazis did such things. This, this is so horrific, so beyond. And they're somehow making excuses for them. What, well, you know, I, I would do it too, I guess. If I'm occupied, I'll, I'll start slaughtering babies and beheading them. It's not enough to kill them, you understand. You have to also behead them. Right. These, these people are such monsters. Yeah, exactly. And she's doing something really, you know, in her old age, she's gotten very shrewd. And she's doing something very... War crimes don't justify war crimes. Um, unconscionable horror um, on one side. Um, what what war crimes on Israel? Yeah. Like, um, 
what 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 are they proposing? Yeah. What 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 they're like? No, no. What what we want to do is take all the women and children, and then violate them in ways that even most people in prison wouldn't even conceive of, and. Like, like it, they're doing a false equivalence, with, and Israel really hasn't done anything yet. What she's saying is, well, murder doesn't justify, you know, prosecution. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, just stop being vague. The unconscionable horror you just admitted. Now, are what are you accusing Israel of being? You anti-Semite. Wow, that's great. It's true because uh, you know there is no war crime going on. They can't. They can't point to anything. This. You know, they, they, they so trivialize the horrors that Hamas does and they so expand whatever Israel does, they, they make that the horrible thing. And we talked about the hospital situation before, which was clearly there was no there's nothing to it. There was no evidence of it, but they jumped to it. The New York Times jumped to it. Uh, everyone jumped to it and said, OK, the Israelis bombed a hospital and that set off all sorts of demonstrations, all sorts of excuses for demonstrations throughout everywhere. I mean, embassies, you name it, demonstrations everywhere. A lot of violence, a lot of destruction of property. Thank you, New York Times. You just took Hamas's word for it. Uh, th- this is a terrorist organization that have, has fabricated time and time again uh, supposed atrocities that never have happened. And then Israel's left having to show that it never happened. Right. And then suddenly we're, 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 we have to show by trial, you know, for the jury out there that Israel did not eat babies, uh, did not blow up hospitals and, and the like. And then, well, let's continue on with this, uh, this woman. Let's see what she has to say more. Hamas's actions, which are horrifying, disgusting, an affront to humanity. You might even say contemptible. Worthy of condemnation, for example, right? Okay, so I don't know. I'm just thinking that. I have sat with the families of, uh, of hostages this week and listening to experiences that three-year-olds who are currently held hostage by Hamas had to witness, witnessing their parents murdered, them taken. Are there... And she's closing her eyes as if to imagine the horror, the horror. And, and, and I believe she's sincere. I really believe it. So I don't mean to mock it. But she seems to appreciate the gravity of the situation. Let's continue on. Just no words to describe the depravity of that. Um, Which, you know, you might say contemptible as a start, maybe even worthy of condemnation. Yeah. I'm just saying. It is a word. Yeah. And there's, it's... It's astonishing. However, that... Oh, here comes the butt. Yeah. Here comes... I, I love the butt. This, this, this butt is going to be bigger than the butt of Lizzo. Okay? <laughs> That's how big this is going to be. I'm sorry, folks. She, she's just a huge lady. Okay? I'm sorry. It's just the reality. I'm, if you don't like it, it's not misogynistic. It, it just... She's a huge lady, and she's got a huge butt. Okay? And that's my comparison. Okay? Here comes the big butt. That does not justify those war crimes. Okay, so again, what war crimes are you talking about, lady? What those war crimes? I mean, Israel is now just going around the perimeter of Gaza, and we haven't even had time to do anything that you could proclaim to be, or that you could wrongfully accuse or wrongfully characterize as war crimes. At least give us a chance to get in there. You've already decided there are war crimes. 
uh, you know, in the future. What, what is this minority report where you, your, your thought crimes, you know, you get arrested before you do the action? Anyway, let's continue. Do not justify the war crime of a blockade. It does not justify the war crime of collective punishment. It does not justify um, this indiscriminate bombing that we see. And it does not justify the starvation of Palestinian children. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Okay. First of all, Hamas and the Palestinians who support Hamas are hiding behind the children. Okay, you, you are playing right into what they want you to play into. And they actively put their children in harm's way and sacrifice them. They know that they'll be sacrificed. This is how unbelievably vicious and cruel Hamas is. You cannot expect that Israel will do nothing when they were attacked as they were attacked on October 7. And then say, whoa, look, look, look at us. We, we're, we're suffering because the Israelis are bombing this place. And, and Hamas refused to allow them to leave in the first place. Right. So Jordan would, accept, would not accept the Palestinians. The Egyptians would not accept the Palestinians. Technically speaking, they don't have to. I, I, get, I get that. But so much for the Arab Brotherhood. Right. You would think that they would be sympathetic to their so-called plight. But it's Hamas who refused to allow them to leave. Now, you could talk all day about, you know, they shouldn't have to leave and th their possessions are being destroyed, their homes and businesses. I, I get that. Okay. But again, that's a problem of Hamas's making. They should have thought of that before they did the attack. But they, they purposely kept these children in Gaza, specifically so that Israel, when it bombs, would, in their minds, hopefully kill some children or maim them or whatever so they could show it to the cameras. That's how despicable they are. Yes, despicable is indeed the right word here. Horrifying, contemptible, all those things. Okay, that's what's, that's the reason why you condemn them, my dear. That's why. Yeah, exactly. And look at the false equivalents. The horrors. There are not words in English to describe what happened versus a blockade. Yeah. Indiscriminate bomb? No. No, Israel does precise bombing. The other side does indiscriminate bombing. The other side is the reason why kids are starving because they'll take the food from the children and they won't let the children leave. So you're making a false equivalence between the horrors that she describes versus the mm, blockade. Like yeah. it, how immature. Yeah. And they could avoid the problems of this uh, blockade, as she calls it, by letting the Palestinians in Gaza leave. Really, I mean, what's the problem? If they just let them leave, you wouldn't have all these kids that you are now parading around as victims. But that narrative never gets told. Okay, this is all in the Hamas. If, if you knew and you should have known that Israel would respond this way, then you shouldn't have gone in there in the first place. It's one of those things that you, you should have thought of that before you did it situations, right? But that's the thing. They did think about it. And this was designed exactly to elicit Israel's present response and to carpet bomb them and to, do be, to be as so-called vicious as possible so, so, uh, and pound them with bombs from the sky so that they would have these opportune moments and call themselves 
the victims that they're now calling themselves to be. Look, uh, and, and you see uh, this, you know, same thing in university campuses. Oh, you know, right oh. now, it, yeah, oh, God is right. Oh, so here's NBC with Lester Holt. She, he's talking now about what's going on on campuses. And now I have to give him a little bit of credit. He, he's somewhat neutral in the situation. He's got a good, deep voice. And, but, but really, just listen to, and, to the description of what's going on, on campuses. It's fascinating. Hamas war has brought intense reactions from many Americans. On college campuses, some students who voiced opinions on the conflict are facing a major backlash. Jake Ward reports from Berkeley, California. Opposing rallies at Columbia, a die-in at Harvard. The latest protests are part of a long tradition of free speech on campus. But some law students are now finding their words can affect their future. Okay, I want to pause there just for a second. Uh, free speech is just a long tradition. And, but, but somehow, they're, now they're facing censorship. Lordy, lordy. Mop Barker, what what is going on? <laughs> and and it's it's uh, heavens to Betsy, you know, isn't this the land of free speech? But now they're not being allowed to. Wait, wait, okay, so, uh, so first of all, welcome to our world. Yeah. Okay, but you, you are not being prohibited from speaking. Nobody is saying that. Okay. What what they are saying is employment opportunities, like working in law firms or otherwise, for these people. Those opportunities are being pulled back because the employers don't respect their contribution toward Hamas and their support of Hamas. I, I, I personally would not hire somebody that supports Hamas and thinks Israel is a, a terrible nation. First of all, I'm Israeli. I, I, that tension would be terrible. Mm. Uh, but, uh, but it shows to me that they don't have a moral compass. And the law firm is entitled to say, I, I, I judge you on that. I don't like your opinion on it. I don't have to hire you. Right? I don't. I want the best person, and I and part of that best person is somebody who has a moral center. All right, so that's the issue. But they they describe that as a free speech issue, and it's a it's a BS claim. Exactly, and um, free speech in college. <laughs> um, if you're a conservative, are you going to get that professorship? If you are pro life. How many people will beat you up for saying so? This is not discrimination or a free speech. These is called standards. Mm -hmm. If you support the horrors that even, even AOC acknowledges are horrors, even AOC can see that, and you support that, those are standards. That's some kind of level of dignity that these jobs have. It's interesting because these are the these are the people of the cancel culture, right? If you don't have the right viewpoint on anything, transgenderism, uh, for that matter, minimum wage, affirmative action, whatever it is, you get canceled. Yeah. Uh, and to some extent, if you're if you're a Christian and you don't make a bake a cake for them as they like it, you get canceled. Yeah. Uh, and they they drive you into oblivion uh, economically and otherwise. Forget about socially, um, they will destroy you. They're totally jiggy with that. But somehow, when a law firm says, we're not interested in hiring you now, we're rescinding our previous offer to you, that's when it's free speech. This is, this is I can't believe it. You know, Mar Barker, as we said. Yeah. Okay, let's continue on. 
Law firm Winston and Straw announced they rescinded a job offer to a top NYU law student this month after blaming Israel for the violence on October 7th. And law firm Davis Pope pulled three more offered to Harvard students for signing a similar statement. Now, a tenured professor has written an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal entitled, Do Not Hire My Anti-Semitic Students. Free speech does not mean there's no consequences for free speech. Stephen Solomon says he considers any justification of the Hamas attacks to be anti-Semitic hate speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's right. Mm-hmm. He's right. Yeah. Hey, you can say whatever you want, but don't expect not to have consequences from that. You, what, the free, free speech is that the government can't restrict you. The government can't. And, you know, these guys were all about free speech when it came to Twitter and before Elon Musk and Facebook and all those other social media sites that totally restricted conservative speech. Uh, Everything was okay in that. And they argued to some extent correctly. Well, it's a private organization. It's not the government telling you, never mind that the government was actually the one doing it indirectly. That's another issue altogether. But their argument was technically correct. It's a private organization. They can decide what to put up, what not to put up. Okay. Uh, but, but now when the shoe is on the other foot, as it is, they're so alarmed. <laughs> it's a, very funny. So um, anyway, the, the article was a good article. Say, don't hire my law students. These, these people are bad people. Yeah. And they're right. He's right to say that. And, and he points it out very clearly. You, you can't have it both ways. Don't expect to not have consequences. People don't have to like you for what you say. If, if somebody said to me that, and they are saying it, Israel is uh, a Nazi regime, it's an apartheid state, and they say to my face, and you expect me to hire you? You expect me to want to do business with you in any, I wouldn't buy a taco from you if you said that, but somehow that's a violation of the first amendment. They're, they're so alarmed. It, it, it's, it's breathtaking how they can't see how, if the shoe was on the other foot, what would happen? And here it is on the other foot. And they're, they're shocked, very shocked. They, they ignore everything that they've previously were pushing. Right. And exactly. And they, w- there are so many issues, including absolute support for Israel. Now, there might be some domestic policies or something like that, but they have a right to exist. And I will die on that hill. And people need to start understanding that their words really do matter. And so if you want to die on the hill that you support what what Hamas did, do. But we will absolutely remember you. Yeah. Well, we have a bigger fight in in some contexts because it's bad enough that we have uh, the issues of dealing with um, Hamas and Israel and such and all the support that Israel needs. And thankfully, you know, America is by and large very supportive of Israel, except for the younger generation, which tend to be uh, very anti-Israel. So I I think it's a a 51 percent, a slight majority, think that Hamas is the more moral of the uh, two sides, the younger, the younger generation, the older generation, of course, is uh, more pro-Israel. Uh, so, but these people are coming up the ranks, and it's very—it's uh, it's a bad sign for the future when it comes to this moral clarity, and they don't have the moral clarity. Uh, so, take a listen though to what uh, Karine Jean-Pierre says in response to a question about um, anti-Semitism. And, uh, and it's really fascinating. You may have already heard it before, folks, but I want to study this in a different way. All right, so let's play it. 
level of concern right now about the potential rise of anti-Semitism in light of everything that's going on in Israel? So a couple of things. Um, look, um, uh, we have not seen uh, any credible uh, threats. I know there's been always questions about uh, credible threats. Uh, and so I uh, just want to make sure that that's out there. But look, uh, Muslim and those perceived. Okay, so first of all, she says, we haven't seen any credible threats regarding anti-Semitism. Okay. Never mind that the vast majority of terrorist attacks are anti-Jewish. Right. Okay. I think 54% of the attacks upon hate crimes were based upon attacks upon Jews because they're Jewish, all right? And we're only 2% of the 2.4% of the population. It's, it's insane. So it's the vast majority, and this woman pretends that it doesn't happen, okay? By the way, when she was beginning to answer this question, you can't see it because the video is not here, she's like nodding her head as she's hearing it, and you could tell she already has a prepackaged answer. And so say that there's no evidence of the anti-Semitism, and then secondly, pivot and talk about your concern about the Muslims and, and how the reaction to the Muslims might be. So take a listen to that. Uh, to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate uh, number of hate-fueled attacks. And certainly President Biden understands that many of our Muslim Arab Arab Americans and Palestinian American loved ones and neighbors are worried about the hate being directed at their communities. Muslim. Okay, so that's insane. Right. So she pivots, she pivots and there's a lot of evidence of that. No, there isn't. No, there isn't. I, there, there's nothing. There's a huge amount of anti-Semitic attacks. So this is from, you know, the actual spokeswoman from the highest office in the land saying that there's no evidence of anti-Semitic attacks and there's plenty of evidence of anti-Muslim attacks. And her main concern is the backlash that there might be uh, as against uh, the Muslims. Now, very quickly on this, <laughs> when do you hear this, this backlash argument that somehow we're worried about the Muslims um, when it comes to anything? When, when they attack, we're supposed to be worried about Muslims. When the Muslims attack, we're supposed to worry, not, not about the victims of the Muslim attacks, but the Muslims themselves. Okay. Now, I said on Newsmax the other day, this, this reminds me, it's not just the Muslims they do this for, by the way, yeah. transgendered, for example. Remember that horrific attack that that woman who thought that she was a man, uh, wanted to be a man, whatever. Yeah. Uh, she does this shooting spree. I think it was in Illinois somewhere. Uh, in any event, it was a horrific attack. A lot of people died, six, six people, three adults, three kids. Yeah. And all the talking points were about understanding the, the uh, grievances of the uh, transgender community, and let's talk about that. And that it was all about studying the violence against transgendered, while she was the one who committed these murders. Right. You know, they didn't talk about these poor kids. I mean, it, it really it's tragic that you get slaughtered. It's bad enough. I mean, horrific enough that your kid gets slaughtered, and then the media pays attention to you only and dependent upon. The person, the, the nature, the identity of the person who killed you. Yeah. If it's a, you know, a purported um, white Christian, not that there is such a thing, a white Christian male who said, all you friggin' liberals must die and non-believers must die, and then they kill these kids, that'll be all, all over the news for decades to come. It'll become the, a landmark moment in history. Yeah. But when it's a transgender person doing it, 
on behalf of transgenderism or whatever. She didn't like the Christian school she was at. That's what happened. Yeah. Silence. Just silence. Can you imagine as a parent of such a kid that you don't get the attention and love and, and sympathy and compassion from the country as you would uh, had, they, had it been this, the, the, the unicorn that doesn't exist, the, the white Christian male who wants to kill non-believers and such, like I said. And I'll give you a perfect example to exemplify exactly what you're saying. Derek Chauvin. Mm-hmm. Some guy dies of fentanyl. Derek Chauvin is convicted on the front pages. Everybody's against him. All of this country is together saying that was absolutely wrong. Eight minutes. This is horrible. Everybody banded together. No one cared about Chauvin's feelings. Yeah. No, what, what about the other little Chauvin's? What about his kids or his wife or his family? No one cared about the backlash that they probably faced, and they definitely faced that. Right. And all those horrors. No one cared about him. And I'm not saying that he's a good person or a bad person, but that exact opposite, like, yeah. Well, in addition, there was no, he was not convicted uh, based upon racism. In fact, no evidence of racism came out at trial. They didn't say that you did this because you hate black people. He didn't say anything like that. Right. Uh, and, and there was no evidence of it. So, but so the whole country was aflame yeah. on the grounds of this black-white division and everything else. And at trial, when it actually came, push came to shove, there was no evidence of it. Zero. They didn't even try. The prosecution didn't even mention it for a second. That's that's how pathetic it all is. Now, going back to what Karine um, Jean-Pierre said, uh, and and which was so wrong about it was, she she eventually backtracked and she said. I didn't understand the question. I, I misheard the question. Well, okay. And I said this on Newsback as, as well. I, under what circumstances, what question would have elicited your response that, that you did? Yeah. Right? You, you said that there was no evidence of anti-Semitic attacks. What question would, would justify that answer and, and you know, the nation would say, oh, yeah, yeah, nod our heads and say, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what is the question? I mean, it's like Jeopardy. Give me, give me the question first. <laughs> Tell me what, what that question is that would justify that answer. Yeah. It's, it's, of course, it's a nonsensical thing. The statement that you made is utterly false and you pivoted and you wanted to talk. It was clear. You wanted to dismiss this whole thing, yeah, 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 the, the Jews, no, nobody should attack Jews, but there's not that much evidence. Uh, and furthermore, uh, l- let's be concerned about the Muslims. That's what we're facing. That's a very dangerous dynamic. Look, uh, I want to also talk about this uh, Queen Rania of Jordan who makes this very bizarre um, speech. She, she wanted to speak out, and this is on CNN. Uh, you should hear her tone and everything. Now, mind you, she's she lives in Jordan, um, so she's going to, feel free to speak her mind. She has no sense of uh, an audience that might disagree with her. So, but listen, listen to the way she thinks. Um, You know, countries have stopped just expressing concern or acknowledging the casualties, but always with a preface of declaration of support uh, for Israel. And, you know, are we being told that it is wrong to kill a, a family, an entire family at gunpoint, but it's okay to shell them to death? I mean, there is a glaring double standard here. This is the phrase that she uses, a double standard. The idea is, and she's saying the same thing that Ocasio-Cortez said, that uh, it's okay somehow, it's, it's terrible that Hamas did what it did, but it's somehow okay that the Israelis, 
you know, bomb from the sky and, and bomb. That's a double standard. Okay, we've already talked about this, but she either needs to say this or truly believes it. And, and that's, that's the narrative that's going out there. And it's so dangerous. If, if Israel cannot be seen for the moral light that it is, for the great country that it is, that it is truly the most moral army in history, uh, then I think we're doomed. I, did you know that in Israel, um, there has been virtually no rapes by Israeli soldiers upon Arab women, for example? Virtually, virtually not, non, non-existent. Uh, they, uh, and likewise, they, they have never attacked civilians. Yeah. Never. Okay? Now, not, not purposely. I mean, sometimes a shell will land and, and tragically a child will die. Uh, but obviously, you know, most of the time they're doing it purposely. The Hamas is doing it purposely. They want their right. children to die. That's another story. But they don't set out, let's, let's go butcher and behead kids and, and, and rape women for that. That is not. And if, God forbid, an Israeli soldier were to have acted inappropriately, they go to jail yeah. for a long time in Israel. They are a shame upon Israel. So it is truly the most moral army in history. I guarantee you, when, when, it, came, when it comes to uh, even America during World War II, the, you know, the, the good war, right? Uh, American soldiers, you know, there were some rapes that they effectuated. Uh, they, they did, rather. They raped um, during the time. It's, it's not well known, but it happened. It's, it's not their common practice, of course, but it happened. Israel doesn't have that in their history. It's, it's virtually nil. I'm not saying it's zero, but it's virtually zero. Yeah. And it's pretty, pretty horrific to hear this woman uh, claim somehow that this is the same thing. It's, it's just not. Okay, now, look, I mean, it's, it's not just her either. It's also uh, Christian, uh, Christiana Amanpour, I think, from CNN. Yeah. And, you know, she has this lovely British accent. And, but she's so pro-Palestinian. She's so pro-Arab, so anti-Israel. And it's just dripping with it. And now it's coming out more clearly that she supports any fight against Israel. And now she's supporting the queen that we just heard. Let's hear how she describes it. The primary takeaway is that she is expressing exactly what the rest of the world thinks. The the world in which the Muslims and many, many other parts of, of the world believe that there is, as she said, a glaring double standard. And that is what message she was trying to get ahead. Because she was saying, even as a mother, you know, of course, it was unbearable to see what happened uh, in, in Israel on October 7th. But it is also unbearable to see what's happening to some 2,000 children and many, many others inside Gaza under the air campaign right now. All right. So, oh, look, I'm, what can I say? I mean, that's the, she's saying exactly the same thing. She is uh, a very strange duck, the Christiana Anampur. Uh, and those people that love her and think that she's some sort of articulate brilliantly intelligent woman that speaks her mind and such and is advancing great causes for womankind and otherwise, she's she's a lackey. She has no moral compass. Okay, I I don't know her ethnic background. Maybe she has some uh, ethnicity there that would support the Arab cause and the terrorist cause for that matter, but it doesn't matter. I mean, if, if the son of the Hamas leader can turn against his father, uh, he wrote this great book, Son of Hamas, uh, and, and say how evil they are, then, then you can turn uh, on, on uh, the people that, 
that do these horrific things. Yeah, and the the metaphor, the way we can actually look at how hypocritical these people are is Russia and Ukraine. No one really is talking about the Russian troops getting killed, and they're getting killed, or the, the damage that's happening in Russia and like the Russian-occupied area. There is damage. They're saying, yeah, exactly. The Ukraine, they're like, let's get more money, let's get more weapons, let's do that. It's definitely one-sided, and it, it that's how it naturally is. So, but... To be one-sided saying like the country that was peacefully having a rave or some concert that got completely attacked during it should be – we should judge and be like, no, no, that's the worst double standard of all. The double standard that, oh, these people can do this and, okay, it's bad, but Israel is way worse by doing way less. That's a double standard. That's a brilliant point, Uh, calling a double standard as between Ukraine slash Russia and Israel slash Hamas. Uh, That's a really good point. And and what I was fascinating about this is that they're happening more or less concurrently, right? The Ukrainian war and this Hamas war. Uh, So, but but you, you, I mean, it's really fascinating when people see that they're not, the Ukrainians are not held to anywhere close to the same standard uh, as the Israelis are held to, right? I mean, and is this, is, I mean, if, if Russia were to butcher uh, civilians in the way that they, that the Hamas did, and only civilians, right? Uh, and I mean, the Russians, you know, I'm not a fan of the Russians, what they're doing, or the Ukrainians, what they're doing. But by and large, it's a soldier versus soldier situation. They're not purposely targeting civilians. But but they are. There is that going on for sure. Yeah. And you don't see these these grieving situations like Christiana Amapur and the, the the Queen of Jordan said, and of course AOC. Suddenly they're they're you know they're not interested in that. They don't talk about that at all. Won't won't somebody think of the children? Yeah. You know that nobody's saying that in Ukraine slash Russia. Right. That's a double standard. Yeah. Very good point. Really good point. Uh, just to wrap up, you have this ridiculous. Secretary General for the UN. I don't even want to call out his name because he's so stupid. But listen to what he says about the conflict, right? He's now going to chime in about his personal opinions. And because he's the Secretary General, he is now going to deliver his edict, his judgment about what is right and what is wrong. Here you go. Civilians. I have condemned unequivocally the horrifying and unprecedented 7 October acts of terror by Hamas in Israel. Not- okay. Well, you've unequivocally... So here comes the big butt. Remember? Yeah. Okay. Lizzo's right behind you. <laughs> here she is. She's going to deliver the butt. Okay. So, does someone call for order a butt here, please? Yes. Bring her in. Here you go. Nothing can justify the deliberate killing, injuring, and kidnapping of civilians or the launching of rockets against civilian targets. Now the but. Here we go. All hostages must be treated humanely and released immediately and without conditions. And I respectfully note the presence among us of members of their families. Excellencies, it is important to also recognize the attacks by Hamas did not happen in a vacuum. Ah, didn't happen in a vacuum, huh? That means that there might be good reason for what they did. It didn't happen in a vacuum. So what are they to do? They must go ahead and slaughter babies and such. We don't like you slaughtering babies, mind you, but we understand what prompted you. Maybe you went too far. 
okay? Like a, like a guy in a bar uh, and another guy tries to hit on his wife, yeah. okay? And then that guy just beats the crap out of the other guy because the guy tried to hit on his wife. Yeah. All right, we understand what prompted you, but maybe you went a little too far yeah. by smashing the beer bottle on his head. Okay? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but that, that, that's, what he, that's the way he's talking here. Anyway, let's continue on with the big butt. The Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. They have seen their land steadily devoured by settlements and plagued by violence. Their economy stifled. Their people displaced. And they- All right. Whose fault is that? Right? They, they could have easily turned Gaza. They, they had complete control of Gaza. Yeah. Complete control. And instead they, they elect a terrorist organization to lead them. Right? They could have made Gaza into what they call Singapore. Singapore of the, uh, of the, um, of the Mediterranean. They yeah. chose not to. They, they decided, we, we, we want our primary directive to be the destruction of Israel. That We are consumed with the destruction of Israel. They're, they're not interested in prosperity. They, they couldn't care less about it. And he's talking about stifling the stifling economy as if somehow Israel is responsible for that. No, no, you had your shot. Hamas, you, you took over Gaza. We, we left Gaza. Yeah. And look what you've done with it. You destroyed the infrastructure that Israel left there for you. All these beautiful botanical gardens and hospitals and otherwise, you destroyed them. Why? Because Israel had built them for you. You couldn't abide. That's how contempt, that's how much rage you had in your heart. And then you dare, this, this UN Secretary General schmuck, that, that dares to say that somehow, to suggest that somehow it's Israel's fault. I'm going to continue on with this, uh, this speech. It's crazy. Their homes demolished. Their hopes for a political solution to their plight have been vanishing. But the grievances of the Palestinian people cannot justify the appalling attacks by Hamas, and those appalling attacks cannot justify the collective punishment of the Palestinian people. All right. You, you get enough of this guy. So again, whose fault is this? Right? I mean, who, really, it, it, Israel would not be hitting Gaza had they not gone in on October 7 and did these horrific killings that nobody prompted. Right. We, we, didn't, we didn't say, come get us. Come rape us if you can. Come behead us. We challenge you. We dare you. Right? Said no Israeli whatsoever. Yeah. Okay? And somehow, this is still Israel's fault. Right. I, I wonder if people are getting it. And what political solution, like a two-state solution that they refuse to accept because they want the destruction and decimation of all the Jews in the Middle East, including Israel, that's their political solution. It, they don't want a two-state solution. They want the destruction of Israel. That's what you're dealing with here. And to say it's horrific and unconscionable, but then to say, but it's something we all would do. Were we in a situation where, you know, people were keeping us down and we were taking every resource we had to make weapons to destroy somebody, of course we would all be in this. Or is it actually horrific and unconscionable? Yeah. Because they keep on wanting to say, oh, yeah, everyone would do that. And that I don't think that's true. Like, 
if I was in a situation where I truly felt justified, that would be the last thing I'd do because I would try to actually hit real targets if I actually wanted to get a real solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, we know this is not a conflict about land. Yeah. We know that. This is a conflict where they simply want to get rid of the Jews altogether. From the river to the sea is what they say, which means from the Jordanian River uh, all the way to the Mediterranean Sea. And they want to destroy all of Israel. They want to at least kill all the Israelis there. And, and, and I dare say that if somehow, God forbid, God forbid, a thousand times, they somehow managed to get rid of the Jews who are actually living there, they would also destroy all the buildings and all the infrastructure because, you know, the Jews made it. That's how insane they are. That's all that motivates them. It's not about land. Don't think about that for a second. This two-state solution is crap. It's not. There is no negotiating with people who just want you dead. That's their stated uh, mission statement. In Hamas, Hezbollah, all of them. All of them say the exact same thing in their charter. We want the destruction of Israel. Okay, that's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Now, so imagine, Devin, if you have a neighbor, you, you're in a house, and your neighbor, he's a madman, and he wants, you know, his main mission is to kill all of your family. You have a family five, three kids, kill them all. That's what I want. I want to kill your wife. I want to kill you. I want to kill your three kids. Yeah. Okay? How do you negotiate with this person? Right? <laughs> like, I, you don't want the hostilities. No. You don't want this unfriendly feeling. You know, you just, you just want to share barbecues and, you know, th- th- but people really think if you had such a neighbor, I'd, I'd say you would have a problem. Okay? You're, that's never going to lead to a situation where you're going to share, you know, uh, gifts on, on Christmas when you're going to go to each other's barbecues. <laughs> it's, just, it's not going to happen. Okay. One of, the, one of the neighbors is insane and you have to deal with it. And, and what are you, how are you going to negotiate that, by the way? Are you going to say, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, you can kill two of my family members. And may I suggest little Johnny and little Sarah, okay? Uh, are we good now? Cool. Thanks a lot. Yeah. I'm so glad we, we patched things up, right? Uh, that's what's going on. How can Israel possibly negotiate with these people? They are monsters. They, and they've proven themselves to be monsters. You, know, you may say, well, how can you dehumanize these people? What are you talking about? They've proven that they're not human, Anybody who beheads a, a, a little baby, beheads a little frickin' baby, it, it, they, they are no longer qualified to be human. Yeah. They, they've, they've forfeited the right to call themselves a human. Yeah. Okay? One final thing. One final thing, Devin. Yeah. I've heard time and time again, wow, you know, this is just a question, you know, isn't it so tragic? These, these are for the atheists out there that say that, Look, you know, you, you both believe in the same God and look, you interpret it differently and, and now you're going to war with each other. Wouldn't it be, you know, religion poisons everything. It ruins everything, you know, according to Hitchens. Um, first of all, understand this very simple thing. This is not the same God. Allah and God are not the same God, okay? Allah is not simply an Arabic translation of the word God. Okay? It's not. The Quran is very different than what Christians call the Old Testament or the New Testament. It's not the same. Okay? How can I prove this to you? Okay. Well, <laughs> it's very easy. In the Old Testament, those who 
bless the Jews will be blessed. Those who curse the Jews will be cursed. The Jews are God's chosen people. He loves the Jews. He wants them to spread the Ten Commandments. Okay? That's the way it works. In the Quran, and what they say over and over again, kill the Jews. <laughs> so much for being the chosen people. So, so much for being the blessed people. Uh, and then they talk about trees and rocks, proclaiming proudly, come, my Muslim friend, there's a Jew behind me. Come kill him with great glee. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's not the same God. It's, it's just not. Okay, that's, that's, that, that is a complete... Con- now, one might be right, one might be wrong. Maybe they're both wrong. But I can t- they're definitely not the same God. Right. Okay, is that clear? I, yeah. I think it's pretty clear. Yeah. All right, so we're seeing the manifestation of extreme Islam. I'm not talking about Islam generally. Extreme Islam. What, what happens when you have extreme Islam? Okay, I don't, I, you don't see the equivalent of extreme Christianity at all. Extreme Judaism. There's no such thing. Yeah. You just don't have this. People going around beheading people because they don't believe fully in the same way of, of the Old Testament uh, and killing people because they don't agree with the Moses, the, the Mosaic law. Okay? It just doesn't happen. Same thing with Christians. You, you just don't have it. Now, there's, there's parts in history, of course, you can, you can quibble about that. But I'm talking about today. Let's live in today, okay? The past hundred years, let's say, I think it's a long time ago. Nothing of the kind. You're, you're, you're lying to yourself if you think that they're all the same. They're not. Radical Islam is a massively dangerous enterprise. And somehow, pretending that you are, you are supporting the small guy, the, the David against the Goliath, when you're we're supporting these, these monsters, that's all it is. And this, these phrases that they throw out, a war, a war crime does not justify another war crime and collective punishment, all the crap that you're hearing from all these, these people, double standards and such. You're, you're, you're a fool. You're a useful idiot. You're being played. Learn the history. I just, we just did a video on my Brucklery channel, the Brucklery Show channel, um, about the background to all of this. I, check it out. Okay, it's it's very straightforward. Talks about the history. There was never a Palestine. Never, there's never a Palestine. Okay, there was a British Mandate Palestine, but that's a very different thing. And it was the British occupying the area that were loosely called Palestine. Okay, there was no Palestine that was governed by Palestinians. Uh, there was no king of a Palestine. There was no prime minister. There was no prime president of a Palestine. It's all garbage. Okay, listen to that video. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening today. God bless, and we'll talk with you next week. Stop.